0: The Nation has a new Speaker of the House, and he's somebody already trusted by the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. I talked this week with NCBA's Vice President of Government Affairs, Ethan Lane, who said though Speaker Mike Johnson of Louisiana has not served on the Agriculture Committee, he has a strong voting record when it comes to agriculture. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Let's get into this week's Agnet Weekly. So we have finally a new Speaker of the House. Uh, Mike Johnson of Louisiana and I wanted to get your take on um, how this may affect things and um, you know, to be honest, I don't know much about him. I I like I think many people around the nation. uh, I've been researching him for the last 24 hours and trying to get to know what he stands for and what he's about. Um, What have you come across so far?
1: Well, so we, we have a longstanding relationship with, with uh, Speaker Johnson. Um, we've, we've been I, I supporters of, of uh, Congressman Johnson for, for all of his time in the House of Representatives. Um, I, and going back to before my time running this office, um, he's a very principled conservative. Um, and, and when I say that, I mean sort of the older um, you know, definition of that rather than sort of the newer populist meaning of conservative. Um, he's, he's, uh, uh, he's, he's very resolute in his, um, in his view of those principles. He's, he is for free markets. Um, he is for individual liberty. He is for limited government. Um, and those tend to be values that overlap, uh, very strongly with, with most cattle producers around the country and, and, certainly within CBA's policy book. Um, and because of that, we've, we've been long supporters of, of, uh, of Mr. Johnson's. Um, he is going to bring a fresh perspective, I think, to, to these conversations and, um, you know, I think it's evidenced by the, the vote um, that, that, that was sort of unexpected, you know, that, that he was able to get a, uni- a unanimity of the Republican conference um, in a time when, when there were a lot of proclamations that nobody could achieve that, um, that he does tick a lot of boxes for both uh, conservatives and moderates in the House Republican conference. Um, you know, we're hopeful that that's going to lead to a little bit of grace as he takes this role from, uh, from those camps to allow him to navigate. Uh, the looming shutdown and the expired farm bill um, and, and some of these, uh, some of these uh, overseas conflicts uh, that, are, that are before the chamber right now. Uh, he's going to need all the grace he can get um, from various camps to navigate those challenges, and, and he has a very short time frame to do that. Um, we were encouraged to see that within hours of his uh, swearing in yesterday, he was already processing appropriations bills on the House floor. And so it's nice to see them get back to work. Um, And and we're hopeful that they can get through that process and start engaging with the Senate uh, to avert a shutdown uh, in November.
0: Yeah, and he has said that, uh, you know, to expect a a pretty busy schedule for them as he tries to get everything caught up that they've, you know, haven't been able to do in the last three weeks as they have done this search. I, and you, as you pointed out, he does fall in line quite a bit with, um, you know, a lot of things that farmers and ranchers do stand for. Um, I have not been able, I, I wasn't able to find his voting record on agricultural issues, but what can you tell me that um, he has stood for for agriculture so far?
1: You know, I, he, he has been a pretty uh, reliable supporter of, of of what agriculture has asked for. He's a guy who has voted for the farm bill. He's a guy who has... You know, voted for ag appropriations bills. I mean, he's 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 been he's been a, a supportive member of of Congress uh, for agriculture. He hasn't been on the ag committee. He hasn't been involved, you know, in those conversations directly. But um, he he's been a guy who has listened uh, to the ag community and and been supportive. And and you know, that's a, a, that's that's not a thing that, that you can say about everybody in in Congress right now. So uh, we're we're appreciative of that. He he's uh, he listens. He's a thinker. Um, he's a constitutional scholar, um, and, and uh, he likes detail. He likes, to, he likes to talk about the specifics, um, and, and that's something we always appreciate. You know, there's nuance in these topics, and, and you like curious members that, um, that want to know the why and the how of, of these things.
0: And you brought up the Farm Bill uh, earlier, and as you mentioned, the, the Farm Bill is expired. Do you think he'll be able to get a farm bill passed or to push forward to, to work on the farm bill before the end of the year, or are we looking probably at, another, at an extension?
1: You know, I, I think that we're looking at an extension. I think that's been the situation, and, and I think that we're just now um, hearing members of Congress be more public about acknowledging that, and, and that's fine. Uh, you know, I, I think that um, you know, the fact that we're, we're going to be into November here by the end of the week and don't have, um, don't have text yet um, is is sort of indicative of, of where we are in that process that's not that's not anybody's fault. The committees have worked really hard I think on this process they've covered a ton of ground out in the country talking to producers. Um, but this is an incredibly difficult environment to pass a you know a trillion dollar spending package um, and, and I think that's evidenced by what we've seen in Congress over the last few weeks. Um, you know I, I'm, I'm aware of um, I think a fairly extensive conversation in the House Republican Conference during those, um, during those, those discussions with prospective speakers, candidates um, from Farm State Republicans asking all of those candidates, are you going to get a farm bill done? Are you going to make sure that we prioritize this? And I, I know that was one of the things that, that uh, now Speaker Johnson did commit to. Um, that's not out of, out of line with where he's been. Um, So I I would expect that he's going to look for the the most expeditious route to um, to getting that done. I don't think it's realistic to expect that to get done in the next two months. I think it is far more realistic that a year-end funding bill or another CR or whatever is put together um, by November 17th includes some type of extension that gets this um pushed into next year with protections for those commodities that are going to be exposed um, without such an extension and i i think that needs to be the priority right now and i think that's where most people's heads are out on the hill at the moment
0: yeah one thing that i did find is that uh, representative johnson is not necessarily a supporter of climate science and you know as you know the biden administration really pushing climate-smart agriculture and um, programs for that. Do you think that there will be um, some pushback now that we have a, that there's a bigger voice from Johnson um, on the Hill when it comes to climate science?
1: You know, I, I, I'm not terribly concerned about that. I, I've seen all the same clips everybody has dug up, and, and you know, I, I don't think he has said anything that's wildly different than what other members of the House Republican Conference um, have, have, have sort of said at various points in, in the last 10 years in this climate conversation. I think it's an evolving conversation like anything else. Um, I think as agriculture has learned what an important role we play in that conversation and um, how beneficial we are, uh, in moving the needle in the right direction on climate, our own our own rhetoric and our own conversations about climate have changed, um, and and I, I wouldn't expect anything different from from members of Congress on Capitol Hill. Um, I think that I think that, that uh, uh, you know that ongoing conversation about making sure we have the resources needed in voluntary, incentive based ways. To continue to move the needle in the right direction on sustainability um, in the cattle supply chain is is one that I don't anticipate uh, being derailed um, by this speakership. I think uh, I think that that uh, Congressman Johnson, now Speaker Johnson, is a pragmatist or realist in these conversations, and 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 I'm, I I have no doubt that he will be open to having those conversations. I, I don't view him as someone who's just going to slam the door on things that work um, because uh, because you know of a of a position on on the word climate or anything in that space
0: in comparing him to the former speaker do you think that we'll see much much differences when it comes to you know how quickly things get done or how how bills are pushed through or anything like that or do you think that it it'll kind of be business as usual
1: you know that's a good question i i, I think he's gonna need some time to develop his own style um, you know you, you think about the normal course to the speakership through the leadership ranks years of watching um, others in leadership uh, you know Run things in a different way, being involved in those in those you know leadership team conversations about how to uh, move an issue forward on, on the on the on the floor. Um, you know, he's going to kind of have fresh eyes coming into this. I think that there's some real value and some benefit to that. He's also going to benefit from an established leadership team that has that institutional memory as well. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful that that it'll generate some new ideas on how to bring the conference together and and how to get some work done. I, I I mean, I, again, I'm biased, I, I, I think very highly of Congressman Johnson, I, I've, I've spent some time around him, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what he's able to do in that chair.
0: And, you know, and it's good to hear from somebody who has spent a lot of time around him and who knows him and, and has a more of insight into what he's about and what to expect. And with that, um, what do you think farmers and ranchers around the nation should be watching for, or what can we expect within the next few months?
1: Well, I mean, he he and his team are going to be focused, I think, on the obvious business at hand: keeping the government open, um, making sure that we're you know that we're uh, uh, showing up um, in an appropriate way in, in in the you know world events happening overseas, um, and and ensuring that we're that we're getting business done at home and keeping the supply chains moving, keeping food on grocery store shelves. Um, you know, uh, uh, there there are some fairly immediate needs um, that have been put on hold this fall. So I. I, I I, I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of room for, for anything other than really blocking and tackling those core issues in, in front of him, and I think that's going to be the focus in the next few months.
0: Is there anything else that you think that our listeners should know or anything else that you'd like to, to talk about?
1: You know, I, I, I think that I, I, I think that after weeks of hand-wringing over who might be Speaker of the House, um, we've landed on a, on, a, on a new speaker that is a real win for cattle producers. Um, that's a that's a champion for the 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 view of government's role in the in the everyday lives of Americans. That's very much in line with with uh, with most of our membership around the country. Um, so we're optimistic about this. We're excited about it, and we look forward to working with the new speaker and his team to uh, to get some things done.
0: Thank you once again to NCBA's Vice President of Government Affairs, Ethan Lane. That's this week's AGNet Weekly. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Thanks for tuning in.